trusting in silence. Heavenly Father, I pray over this word. Thank you for your word. Let it become revelatory to us. Let it be uh, our minds understand, our ears may hear, our hearts may receive what you're about to share. Thank you, Lord. Let your people see past me and at the cross. In the name of Jesus, amen. You have to understand something, that there are times in our life that um, we've been praying for something so long that we think that God had passed us by. And I really believe that Zacharias and Elizabeth were like that. They had been married, they'd been faithful, uh, in their, the, not only to God, the Bible says they were blameless, that no one can find fault in their life. They loved God, they did everything God, they were uh, godly people. Not only they were godly people, but they were uh, uh, godly priests, God, godly ministers and leaders. Um, that everything they did according to the way they understood God was perfect. Uh, you know, when, have you ever met people that you know they're just good people? You know, they just, they're just good, godly people. And, and they, they live an example. But there was something that uh, they didn't have. They didn't have uh, the gift of children. Uh, and yet, uh, I could imagine as a young couple, they were married. And, uh, and God, uh, they would believe God and pray for God, uh, for God to give them a child. But somewhere along the line, the time had passed them by in the physical and maybe that uh, in that time, uh, they just said, you know what? It wasn't God's perfect plan for my life to have children. Maybe that is something in you, that you believe God in something, but yet time has passed. Maybe you believe God that, you know what? I believe God that I will have a good marriage, but it doesn't seem like it's happening. I believe God that God will bless me uh, with uh, um, uh, good children, and, and it hadn't happened. I believe God, and you've been praying, but uh, we haven't seen God come to pass. And yet the Bible says that here he is still faithful in God. Oftentimes people ask me, how do you live? How do you birth the supernatural? One of the main things to birth the supernatural is to be consistent with your walk with God. Why are we so quiet today? Be consistent in your walk with God. You know what? A lot of times people only live for God when God works everything out according to their way and their plan. But here, Elizabeth and, and, and her husband, Zacharias, was still consistent, still serving God, still faithful, still uh, was obedient, even though there was something in their life that was lacking. It was dried up. Her womb was dried up. And not only was it dried up, she wasn't a young woman anymore. And that may be some of our belief. I have promises that I've been praying for God for years and decades, and it still haven't come to pass. I was praying for this church, and still it hasn't come to pass. But what does that do to us? It says, Lord, even though I still trust you. See, there are a lot of times we have to trust God in silence, and yet one day, he was just doing a, new, a routine thing. That's one thing about God is you could be living your life normal. They, they adjusted in their mind that their home now does not have to be childproof. They don't have to put locks on the cabinet doors. Matt, that's coming to your house. Just go ahead and invest. Because uh, they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about uh, their table, uh, their coffee table having to be covered up and make sure there's no sharp edges. 
Uh, that everything has to be out of arm's reach. They don't have to worry about it. Their mind, Elizabeth and Zechariah's mind, uh, their life has gone forward because they're like, you know what? We have made and adjusted our life for the, th uh, the things that we are without. Maybe that's our life too. Sometimes we believe God and we haven't seen it. So we made adjustments to our life to say, you know what? My life, we're good. I love God, but we're good. I love God and I'll serve God and I'm good. And somewhere along the line, God chooses that the moment of time to be fulfilled, God goes, wham! You're going to have children like, but I'm old. I, I, I can't chase my son around. I can't change diapers at 80 years old or, or 50 years old. Please, Lord, don't bless my wife with any more children. I'm good. I'm, three is enough. Okay? I'm too old to have children running around. And, and I can imagine what they were saying. And yet Zechariah says to the angel, Gabriel says this, how can this be? How can this be? Not only that, how, how, how will I know this? I'm old, bro. That's some of you who say, I can't do this anymore because I'm older. How can I fulfill this promise? Not only am I old, but my wife is old. And yet, the angel shuts his mouth. You know why he shuts his mouth? And there are some of you right now that believe in God for promises and you are trusting God in silence. You, you, uh, uh, this is a great example because oftentimes that when we open our mouth, we actually abort our future. Because could you imagine that uh, he is having a private time uh, in prayer, burning incense in the temple, and the, uh, God chose the angel to come and say, hey, hey, uh, Zacharias, uh, uh, guess what? Your wife is going to be pregnant. And he was like, what? She's old. I'm old. We don't have time. Our life is, our home is not childproof. We're good. We are satisfied. We go out to have dinner with our friends twice a week. Uh, it's okay. Uh, I don't have to worry about that anymore. What do you mean that we're, you're going to inconvenience my life? Oftentimes, the promises of God comes in a place when we aren't really expecting it. But yet, when we pray to the Lord, our words never stop hitting His ears. See, sometimes we think that God forgot our prayers, but the prayers that you have spoken in your private time before the Lord, He never forgets. Amen. That's why the Bible says, Gabriel says, the Lord has heard your prayer. Don't you know that God has heard your prayer? Isn't it great that we speak to a God that never forgets and isn't deaf to our prayer? Yeah, it is great. And he says, but yet, when it's time for God to bless us, like Zacharias, he wasn't ready. That's why he says, how can this be? I'm an old man. He was thinking about all the inconveniences of having a child when you're old. First of all, you don't have the energy. You go to sleep at like 8 o'clock and wake up at 3 in the morning. Yeah? Uh, the, the third thing is now your home hasn't been childproof. That means you got, now you've got to create a nursery where it used to be a guest bedroom. Um, the two times, three times you go out with lunch and dinner and uh, with your friends got to be cut down because you've got children involved. He said, wait a minute. How shall I know this? For I am an old man. How else, man? <laughs> 
See, and yet the Bible says that uh, because he didn't believe the great thing, I'm going to teach you a couple things. Is anybody here believing God for something? Yes? Yes. 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 Raise your hand if you do. If you are, I'm going to teach you a couple things. Uh, there are some things in your life you can't share with everybody. You know that? Joseph shared with his brothers and he ended up being sold and be thrown in a pit, became a slave. There are promises that God has in your life that you don't need to share with everybody. Because when you do, they'll convince you straight out of it. And Zechariah's here saying, wait a minute, how can this happen? I'm glad he didn't say, I, it won't happen. But he asks a question in verse 18. How shall I know this? That's not a statement. It's a question. First thing you got to know is when you're trying to birth the supernatural is learn to not just say it's not going to happen, but learn to ask a question. Say, Lord, can you show me how this is going to happen? And he says, he didn't say that he didn't believe God. He just said that, how shall this happen? Because he looked at his own ability. He said, I'm old. I know it's not going to happen through me. Maybe that's you. Maybe your way of thinking. It might not happen in your way, uh, in your ability, in your time. I was listening to a young lady today when we had class. She said, you know what? I don't know if I have the, the wisdom to apply certain things to teach young people. And I, this is what I said. I said, it's great. That means you're not leaning into your own understanding. Stop leaning into your own understanding. Stop saying, oh, I'm old, I can't do it. Stop saying I'm not smart enough. Stop saying I don't have the ability. Stop saying that I don't have enough education. Stop saying that I don't have enough uh, intellect. Stop saying that I am just this or that. But just say, God, how can this be? Because when we de depend on our own self, then God doesn't get the glory. See, a lot of times we are believing God, but we are still dealing with our own ability. And God is not asking for our ability. He's asking if we're available. If we are available to God, then God will begin to move through our life. And he says, how shall this be? And, and I can imagine he thought maybe God would give me an adoption. But no, he ended up having Elizabeth pregnant. Now that would be a trip to me. Walking around looking at an 80-year-old woman and she's pregnant. <laughs> Man, that would just, you, you know, what, what would you say? What would you need to say? That's a miracle. Right? I mean, uh, and yet, why is the question you asked that he had to mute his mouth? Because the Bible says that with our words bring death and with our words bring life. And so that there are things in our life that allow, we need to trust God in silence. That's not easy to do. Is because why? Could you imagine this uh, older lady is getting her stomach is getting bigger? And people are going to say, how's this happening? And sometimes uh, you, uh, you uh, speak too much. And when you speak too much, you could get yourself in trouble. Sometimes we got to trust God in silence and say, God, I trust you. I know you're good. If you promise me, I need to trust you in silence. We have to learn to trust God in silence. There are some things you could share, but there are other things you probably best to keep your mouth shut. 
It's probably better to keep our mouth shut and allow God. And could you imagine when her stomach gets bigger? They went up to Zacharias and says, is your wife got a tumor? Does your wife have a tumor? Why her belly? Is she eating too much? She needs to go on a fast. See, all these questions that he can't answer. And there are times in our life that God does something in our life and we try to explain it like he needs to be explained. All we need to do is be silent and say, uh -huh. like a friend of mine just says, the best answer sometimes is, uh -huh. sometimes we just need to trust God in silence. You know that the name Zacharias means the remembered of God. Elizabeth's name means the oath of God. That when God gives you a promise, when he gives you a promise, he's going to keep his promise. See, in the book of Isaiah 55, 11, it says this, So shall my word, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to be void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Brothers and sisters, did you know that when God promises you, it will always come to pass? When God promises you something in his word, it will always come to pass. It doesn't matter how it comes to pass. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Uh, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth was just doing what they were doing. But God says, you know what? In its own time, purpose has its own time. It is not connected to our time. That's one thing that gets me about God. God lives outside of the, our dimension of time. And so when he does something, he's not waiting on our time when it's convenient for us or when we want it. It only happens in his time. And his purpose is out of our space time. That messes me up sometimes. <laughs> You know, the Bible says uh, that God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The reason is because he's omnipresent. That means he's already there five minutes waiting on us, and he's, waiting, and he's still there five minutes ago. And he's still here now. So a year from now, he's waiting on you. So one year from today, if you're still on the earth, he's actually waiting for you. So by the time you get there, he doesn't change because he's already been there. Oh, but if you can go back in time, he's already back in time a year ago. Did you know he's still there? And yet he's still there and he's still here and he's still waiting on us a year from now. Oftentimes people say, I'm waiting on the Lord. You're not waiting on the Lord. The Lord is actually waiting on you. Because the purpose of his life, your life is already going to happen. He's just waiting for us to get to that place in time. Oh, sometimes it's hard to trust God in silence. It's hard to say, God, what do I do with this that you've given me? Sometimes you need to go to prayer and say, God, and it's just like Zacharias. God had to shut his mouth because he would have explained it away. He couldn't explain what God was doing. There are things in your life that's happening that you can't explain it. And stop trying to explain it. Stop, let, uh, stop letting people try to explain it. Uh, because sometimes we'll explain it right into the pit. Stop. Second thing in trusting and silence is this. It's not going to be traditional. Think about it for a minute. Is it normal for an old lady to have a baby? No. And not only that, the Bible says that uh, in uh, uh, that verse there, that later on in the verse of Luke 1 in verse 59, that when the child came forth, 
They wanted to call him a different name. But his, God told them to call him John. And they said, there is no one named John in your lineage. You know what that means? That means that sometimes in our life, God is trying to do something new and it doesn't look like it. And, and you know what? And we try to, people would try to force you into conform into what they're used to. And the Bible says that Zachariah says, no, his name's going to be called John. He opened his mouth. His name is John. Nobody in your family named John, bro. I know. That's why when God gives you a promise, sometimes you've got to be able to handle the non-tradition. It's not normal. Maybe it's you. It's not normal to have a, a church by, by the name of a seat at the table. It ain't normal. It's not normal to start a Bible study uh, staring at a bar in a restaurant. That's not normal. It's okay to laugh. It's really not normal. It's not normal for some things in our life. But if you stop looking at it with the eyes of your carnality and begin to say, God, just shut my mouth and do as you want to do. Sometimes we just got to trust God in silence, knowing that it's probably not going to be traditional. How are you going to do it like that? How, how are you going to have this or that? Or uh, Because we always are relying on things of the past so that we can have reference for the future. But God is always, the Bible says, he's always doing a new thing. Oh, y'all don't hear me. He's always doing a new thing. And see, so the old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, oftentimes I see people, they, uh, they might, they think that I don't know, but there are things I could see on them in the spirit. You know, uh, I have a gift, and that gift is the gift of knowledge. I am not a seer, I am a knower, I just know. When I lay my eyes on people, I just know. It's the weirdest thing. My wife used to, I used to freak her out, and I would get, uh, we would sit together, and we'd talk to somebody, and I'd start telling her about it, or somebody would stand on stage, and I'll start saying, this is what I see upon him, and she goes, how do you know that? And the guy would stand on the stage and begin to give a testimony exactly that. She goes, how do you know? I don't know. I'm a knower. I just see it. When I lay eyes on people, I just see it. I just know it. Words don't come in my mind sometimes. Uh, it does come. Uh, pictures. But I just know there are many people that I meet in my walk and in every day that their life has no life. They might look like they're having it all together, but they're dried up inside. There is no joy inside. It's because they're always trying to reference old things. And God says, I'm doing new things. See, uh, uh, when you want something of life, uh, God is going to do a new thing in your life. But because we are so bound up by what we used to have, we won't embrace what God is trying to do. You see, God is always trying to do a new thing. It requires us to keep silent, but it requires us to be in faith. Faith is required for us to fulfill what. God is trying to do. You know, Zacharias was sitting there and he's a man and I could imagine his wife's belly is getting bigger and, uh, uh, she, you know, um, my, my, my uh, spiritual mom said that when uh, she thought about Sarah, you know, Sarah was very old when she was carrying Isaac. He says that there was no way an older lady could carry that baby. So, and this is what she said to me. I thought to myself, I never thought of that. He goes, God had to make a, uh, Sarah younger. So instead of aging forward, she aged backwards. Oh, man. 
That would be a trip. Could you imagine some of these well, husbands would be like, can you do that to me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, ladies. Don't get mad. You know, faith is the key to the miraculous. God never does anything uh, the miraculous that doesn't require some sort of faith. You know, we, we are faith people. That God does things that are miraculous by faith. And yet, in that silence, I could imagine being quiet for nine months. Does anybody here think about that for a minute? Just imagine you couldn't talk for nine months. Just nine months. You couldn't explain it. All you can do is shake your head, nod your head, write something, but you couldn't speak in nine months. And it was God's will. You know, there are some people that's very inquisitive. Say, why can't you say anything? You know what? God tells you not to say anything. Don't say anything. Please don't say anything. Faith requires action out of James 2. When you want to trust God, it requires you to stand in faith. And faith uh, requires action. Sometimes we think that faith uh, doesn't require action. It requires you to continue forward into what God has doing. Zacharias had to be quiet and yet still believe that God is going to do what he's promised to do. You have to believe that when you trust God in silence, when God's about to bless you, it might be inconvenient to your lifestyle. It might be inconvenient. I was talking to somebody the other day and, and they were looking for a church. And I said, why don't you ever consider our church? He goes, well, your time isn't convenient. And I said, well... You better, look. and I, I told him, I love him. I said, I love you. I, I understand that. I said, but you know what? Where God ever has called you, it's better to be called to that place where you can grow and your family can grow, your marriage can grow, your wife can grow, your children can grow, rather than it's not convenient. Sometimes God blesses us and it's not convenient. Because Zacharias uh, was old and it's probably not convenient. An 80-year-old man probably don't want to change diapers and stay up all night burping his baby. That's for a young guy like Matt. You know, it takes faith. But the Bible says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the last thing you have to do is when you're trusting in God, you got to stand. Yes. You got to stand. Yes. Ephesians says there, therefore, taking up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all. To stand. You know, some people are falling every day. They fall out of faith. I heard a, a, a great worship leader uh, that, that, that wrote beautiful songs for a big old ministry. And he said he don't believe in Jesus anymore. I'm like, wow, really? After all that? How can you not believe in Jesus anymore? What happened? How can you have done? Have you done all? Let me ask you a question. We often want God to give us uh, something miraculous. Are you looking for something miraculous? Or are you just satisfied with your life and say, I'm good? But being good is actually uh, 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 the enemy of the best. I don't want to just have good. I want to have the best. If you had a choice between good or the best, who wouldn't want the best? But see, oftentimes in our life that we walk out the faith in our, uh, we think it's just good enough. Oh, I go to church. It's good. Well, I do this. I do. No, you are under, you are misunderstanding because God never want us just to have good. He want us to have very good. Right. Yeah. 
You know, when Jesus, when God created the heavens and the earth, of day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, he says he looked on everything and he says that he created and it was good. But when on the sixth day he created man, he said on the sixth day he looked at everything and when he created man on the sixth day, he looked at everything, including the man that he made, and he says, it's very good. See, brothers and sisters, God always wants us to be, have the very good because why? We were created in his image. Are you willing to stand for what God has in your life? Are you willing to say, you know, Zacharias, I'm sure, could have in his mind or could have wrote a prayer and said, Lord, I'm tired of being silent. Can a brother get a breakthrough? I see it growing. But you know what? I love God. Because when God has given you a promise, there will always be an evidence of that miracle. That's why when he sees his wife Elizabeth's belly start growing, it would say, okay, I can be silent another month. Oh, I'm on the first trimester. I can be silent another month. Oh, now oh, it's getting hard and people are asking me, how's he got pregnant? I don't know. It's God. But God will give you evidence to keep you going. God would never just leave you blinded. When God's doing something in your life, you'll see it. You'll see something happening. You'll see a door open. You'll see somebody come and encourage you. You say, man, I never met you, but how would you know that about me? God, God will help you. I remember I was at a, a conference this week, and, and I, I met this um, uh, family. It was a pastor down in the valley in a, uh, in a town uh, I've never been to called Mission, Texas. I've never been to Mission, Texas. And I met, I met this uh, family, and, and, and they had a daughter who was doing everything for God, and, and she was praying. And I said, God showed me that you're going to be like a pillar, that there are things that God is going to place upon your life, that while others feel weighted down, and she was so encouraged. She said, you know, Pastor, I've never met you, and a person just told me that just last week. See, there is always going to be an evidence that God confirms his word in your life. Be it physical, be it through a word, through encouragement. But God will always give you evidence to allow you to stand. See, it takes strength to stand in God. It takes strength to stand to, in God what he has spoken to you. You know, don't allow your words to kill it. Please don't allow your words to kill it. Speak life into it. There will always be people that question if it's God. Think about it. Oh, if it's God, then this will happen. Well, if it's God, why'd you name him John? Well, that's why God told me to name him. If it's God, how come he's running around with camel hair? I mean, he doesn't wear a priestly robe. I mean, seriously? He's living out in the woods in a tent, man. Baptizing people in the river. But he had the honor. And look at this. His father and mother had questions even the question when she was barren. Listen to me. There are going to be questions when, God, when people don't see God's doing things in your life. They were barren, right? There were questions. And then when she became pregnant, they had questions like, how did that happen? How can you carry this thing? You're old. How can you do this thing? You're not smart enough. How can you do this thing? You're a single mom. How can you do this thing, bro? You ain't never done. How can you do this thing? How can you do this thing when your, your marriage is all jacked up? 
all messed up. How can you do this thing when your kids are wild and they're doing this craziness and that craziness? How can you stand in the face of God and people when your marriage is on the rock and your children aren't living for God? David, King David, how can? There is always going to be people questioning your, God's purpose and plan and miracle in your life. And then when he finally is born, they question him again when they try to call him John. And they say, but no one in your family is John. You're doing something that's breaking all norms. But his name is John because that's what God told me. See, it takes strength for you to stand in the promise of God even when everything else fails. It takes strength for you to go to church every week. It takes strength for you to give and believe uh, uh, of, of your finance, your prayer. It takes strength for you to stand even if it's not convenient to go to a church that meets at four. Who meets at four? <laughs> It takes strength for you to every day to be consistent and be godly and be an example. And yet when John was born, people say, why are you calling him John? Nobody in your family is John. Why are you doing this? It's because God told me to do it. And then when John was born and became a grown man, say, why is your son not being a normal priest and he's living out in the wilderness eating locusts and running around in camel hair and baptizing people in the River Jordan? And it's talking about that uh, uh, the Messiah is coming. And I don't even have the honor to untie his shoes. What are you talking about? How come he doesn't act like he should? There will always be questions. And brother and sister, I want to tell you like this. Nowhere did you read that Zacharias ever said that his son John was crazy. He never, we didn't read where Zacharias said, son, you need to act normal. We didn't read anywhere where John, uh, uh, Zacharias thought that John wasn't a miracle of God. And at the end of the day, trusting in silence takes strength. And John got to do something no one else in the history of man ever did. He got to baptize the king of kings. He got to baptize Jesus in the Jordan. He got to baptize Jesus, the one, the Messiah. He got to baptize the one that Isaiah prophesied about. He got to baptize the one uh, that uh, uh, David sang about. He got to baptize the one uh, that would set men free from the bondages of sin and death. He was the one that had the honor uh, to hear uh, and see the, the power of God come upon Jesus. He was the one uh, that was uh, uh, mentioned. He was the one that God chose. Of all people, he chose John. A one that didn't look like a priest, but he sure was priestly. The one that lived and, and ate off the wilderness of the land and honey and locusts. The one that didn't dress like a priest, but he was the one that God chose to baptize the Messiah. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you today that there are things that you're believing God for and maybe God didn't tell you to tell anyone. And you are, not, you don't have, you, you are afraid to tell anybody because God, you deep down in your heart, nobody would understand you. And there was Zacharias and his, and his mom. Uh, uh, Zachariah's wife, uh, John's mom, was, but they had to basically believe in silence. They had to believe and trust God in silence. Is that you today? There, is there something that God has placed in your heart? Are you still believing, but you've gone on and life has kind of turned forward and moved forward and you feel like God isn't it's not going to happen. 
But you know what? I still believe one thing, that if you're still breathing, look at the person next to you. Are they still breathing? If they're still breathing, then their purpose in God isn't done. You know, lastly, when we've done all we can, we stand, let our attitude be like Zacharias and Elizabeth. They were still consistent with God. They were still loving God. They would still have a heart for God. You know, there's a lot of people in church got an attitude. It's not the right attitude. We have to have the right attitude before God. I teach my children, you know, no matter what people do, what people say, it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with your attitude, your response to God. Because at the end of the day, He is the Messiah. Let us stand.